On this week's episode, we welcome Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, thank you so much for joining us as we um, commemorate and remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, um, Dr. Martin Luther King once said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. What is his message here, Dr. Carson? Well, I think he's saying that we do ourselves a disservice when we harbor hatred. Uh, you know, there's so much of that going on in our country right now, uh, division and hatred. And uh, why not just let it go and enjoy life and to be kind to people? You know, one of the things that I encourage audiences to do all the time, I say, why don't you go out there and try to do something nice for somebody that you normally ignore or might even be cruel to and see what their reaction is. I say it's actually quite entertaining. And once you get used to doing that, it really does change your life. Uh, Dr. Carson, obviously there's still these disparities in this country today, the kinds of things that Dr. King talked about helping the downtrodden. Um, but why do you think such disparities still exist today? And how do you close the educational gap, the financial gap? Uh, I mean, you look at all the senseless crime in many of these cities where you have achieved the crown of achievement. You have black mayors, you have black elected officials, black council members, but still the, cri the crime is just out of control. Well, there's, there's no question that there's a, a still a very significant wealth gap in this country. And uh, what I would suggest is maybe looking <clears throat> at groups where there is no wealth gap. You look at the Nigerians and Ghanaians and uh, some people from the Caribbean. Uh, why is there no wealth gap there? Because there is such an incredible emphasis in those groups on education and on family. And if you take those two things and you look at people uh, who have been here, whose families have been here for a long time, who are African-American, but they have strong families and strong education. There's no wealth gap with those individuals. And it's something that we really need to start concentrating on. The, the ability uh, to close that gap lies significantly within our own communities. Now, this is not to say that there haven't been outside forces that have contributed to the destruction of the American black nuclear family there is no question that that has happened and that has hurt us tremendously and <clears throat> there's no question also that the educational system could use some significant uh, alterations because in a lot of the cities for instance uh, the school is funded based on the income of the people who live in that neighborhood so if you happen to live in a relatively poor neighborhood your school will get relatively poor funding and uh, your opportunities will be decreased. We need to find a better way. And uh, a lot of people recently have been talking about let the funding follow the student, which provides much more in the way of school choice. And uh, the kids, even the poor kids who go to uh, many of the charter schools, the private schools tend to do much better than the ones in public school. 
And uh, I think this would force the public schools to get much better. Dr. Carson, do you believe in 2022 that everyone has the same chance at success and realizing the American dream? Uh, no, I don't think that everybody uh, has that inherently. That's something that we have to create. That's why we need to concentrate on strengthening those families. That's why we need to concentrate on providing the right kind of uh, education. Uh, we need to concentrate on making sure people have adequate nutrition. You know, there are a lot of things that contribute to success. And we need to be looking at all of those things and trying to enhance them, uh, particularly in the areas of the more disadvantaged individuals. You know, growing up, you know, I grew up in a very disadvantaged situation, but it was made up for, to some degree, by a mother who was absolutely determined that we were going to succeed and who never accepted an excuse. And uh, people who don't make a lot of excuses have a tendency to concentrate more on solving the problem. You know, uh, our president, um, Joe Biden, said a year ago that even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's death did. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know if I'd... Uh even attempt to, to compare the two. Uh, they both had a major impact. There's no question about that. I think uh, Dr. King had a message that we would do well to heed. And that message is that we have the ability as a society to be fair to everybody and that in the long run makes for a better and a stronger society. And he talked about fairness. And he talked about, you know, judging people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Uh, you know, we've almost come full circle now. And so many people say, you know, let's categorize people on the basis of the color of their skin. And let's determine what kind of people they are and let's meet out opportunities accordingly. Now, that is really antithetical to the, the principles uh, that were stated in our founding document. All men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. You know, those are the things that we really need to start thinking about because that's what allowed this country to go from a ragtag bunch of militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. That was not a coincidence. And this is not to say that we didn't have some problem. There's no question that there, there, there were things that happened that I think we would all be ashamed of. But that happens in virtually every country that is populated by human beings because human beings are inherently imperfect. And that's why we need a savior. You know, Malcolm X, a Muslim, um, said that the biggest enemy uh, for black Americans is a white liberal. <laughs> I, I can certainly understand why he said that, uh, because typically uh, white liberals seem to think that they know better 
how your life should be managed than you do. And they seem to think that they know how you should think if you're black. And if you don't think that way, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you know, you know, President Biden believes that the progress, Dr. Carson, for black America is in the voting rights. He's compared to what's going on in Georgia today to Jim Crow. Um, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said his speech was beneath him. Um, you have Democrats who are not going along with him on the filibuster to change voting rights. Uh, is there something um, that, is there a point that the president is making and his push to change the voting rights laws in this bill uh, uh, and change the filibuster in order to do so? Uh, it would be nice if he would uh, have a real uh, press conference and let people ask him those kinds of questions and actually answer them. Uh, you know, it's, you know, saying things that he said last week are really very divisive. It's the last thing that we need in our society right now. We need to be looking at the 90% the of things that we all agree on, not the 10% where there's uh, discord and trying to magnify those things in order to manipulate people for political gain. Dr. Carson, I think what is often forgotten about without the King, because as with all of us, we're imperfect and we're flawed. Dr. Carson was a moral man. He was a man of faith. He was about forgiveness and turning the other cheek. He did not believe in an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. And of all the progress that should have been made and that, that has been made um, since his death, it seems like we have such a long way to go. Why is it so important that we should never lose sight of the moral authority that he advocated during his lifetime? Well, uh, first of all, you said Dr. Carson and not Dr. King. Well, so you understand. I thank you, I thank, I, I thank you for that compliment. <laughs> True. Okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, Dr. King, a lot of people try to criticize him. They say, you know, he had affairs, he did this, that, and the other. You know, Dr. King was a human being a flawed human being, but he allowed himself to be used for righteous purposes, to bring about amazing changes in this country. And that's what we should be looking at. He carries a great deal of moral authority. And I think what he had to say means a lot. He searched the world. He traveled a lot looking for things that might be beneficial in terms of improving relationships here in this country. He was a very worthy recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, I think we should really pay attention uh, to what he had to say. I think it would make a big difference today uh, in some of the things that are stirring up a great deal of controversy. Dr. Carson, if you were advising the civil rights leadership today, the elected officials today, uh, when you think about it's the funding of police, um, certain crimes that don't want to be prosecuted, and they seem to be enablers of these district attorneys and these prosecutors um, holding people accountable and responsible, which has nothing to do with their race, but has to do with their behavior. What advice could you give them today in the spirit and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King? I would say when you come up with these policies, like defund the police, 
like uh, letting dangerous criminals out of the jail and letting them mix amongst the community. Imagine that you live in that community. Imagine that your loved ones live in that community and let that influence the way that you make those rules and regulation. You know, I am a firm believer in rehabilitation, but it has to be done the right way. And if people are not rehabilitated and they're vicious criminals, uh, putting them out amongst the rest of the people is not uh, doing anybody a favor. We really should be concentrating on how do we rehabilitate these individuals. And many of the uh, integration release programs have people who come into the prisons before people are released and begin working with them and actually give them a job so that they have a different avenue to take as soon as they come out of jail. They don't go back to the same environment and start doing the same things with the same crowd. And it has an immensely ameliorative effect. You know, Dr. Carson, finally, Dr. King, one of his, one of my favorite quotes from Dr. King was that faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Well, Dr. King, remember, he was Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He was a man who taught people about faith. And we need to go back to some of those things in our country. Our faith teaches us how to treat our fellow man. It says, love your neighbor, not hate your neighbor, not cancel your neighbor if they don't agree with you, but love your neighbor. Can you imagine what kind of a nation we could have if people thought about others first? Yes. Um, Dr. Dr. Um, Carson, your final thoughts on this um, Martin Luther King as we remember? Well, I am so glad that, that we have a day when we can stop just for a moment and contemplate the life of such an incredible man. He was only 39 years old when he died, and yet look at what he accomplished. And a lot of that he accomplished because he was courageous. He was willing to go up against incredible odds. And that's what we have to remember about this nation that we live in. We must be courageous. You cannot be the land of the free if you're not the home of the brave. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.